Psalm 107, the Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And gather them out of the lands, from the east, and from the west, and from the north, and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of a habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Such as sit in darkness, and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. Because they rebelled against the words of God, and contend the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and brake their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you now again for another opportunity, Lord, to come together as a church family, to sing praises to your name, to give you glory and to worship you, Lord. We thank you now as well, God, that we are just able to take this time to be somber and to examine ourselves and to look within, Lord, um, and just to be mindful and to remember what it was that you did for us on the cross all those years ago, Lord. We thank you for the blood you shed and for the body that you gave freely for us, Lord. Uh, we don't deserve it. And uh, we thank you for your, just your unmeasurable grace, Lord. Pray, Lord God, that you just bless the preaching of your word now, God, and just um, help us draw closer to you through it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, so here we are in Psalm 107, um, the book of Psalms. And, you know, the book of Psalms, one thing, um, one thing that, you, that, that I noticed about the book of Psalms when you, when you read it from start to finish is that it's a book of praise. It's a book of praises. It's a book of thankfulness. It's a book full of countless men um, pouring out their heart and praising the Lord. Okay, um, if you were to search, um, you know, if you were to, if you go and search through the Book of Psalms for the amount of times that the word praise is used, you would notice that it's used quite a bit. The book is mainly about praising God, praising God because He's worthy of it. And at the start of hundred Psalms one hundred seven here. It says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. So, this quick little message that I'm, that I'm going to talk to you tonight about, and it is quick, and, you know, I've, I've got a small, small message, you know. Yeah, it doesn't mean a thing. You're, you know, the funny thing is, is normally, you know, by A4 sheets and all this kind of thing, um, and I, I thought by having a small sheet it would give the impression that it would be shorter. Um, but... The irony, I suppose, is that when I'm teaching Sunday school, I don't have anything printed out. Um, I'm just going off memory, and I can keep talking for quite a while. So, um, 
hopefully I stay true to this small list. But I quickly just want to go through just what this psalm was talking about here. And it's simply thanking God. Thanking God. Um, you know, Christians have a lot to be thankful for. Um, you know, I think that's why it's repeated so often in the book of Psalms, the word praise. The amount of individual Psalms that starts off with the word praise, I think God is trying to tell us something. We need to be thanking him. There's many things we need to be thanking him for. We were just thanking him right now for one of the things he did for us, probably the biggest thing we could thank him for. But there's countless of things that, that, that the Christian should be thanking God for. And the book of Psalms is all about directing our focus back towards him so that we can thank God. And you know, there's, there's many today um, that blasphemously thank God. You know, when you um, go down any, into any supermarket, if you're around people for any amount of time, whether it's in the workplace or whether it's um, just being around people, one thing that you'll notice, especially in this country, especially in Ireland, because of our Catholic <coughs> heritage, is that you'll always hear the phrase, thank God, coming from people's mouths. Um, you know, it could, be, it could be that the weather was nicer today than it was yesterday, and when that conversation comes up, the phrase that you hear people say is, thank God. You know, thank God for that. Um, you know, when people um, come across some, some wealth or some money, you know, they'll say, thank God for that. Um, there's, quite a, there's quite a large amount of people, mostly the lost, but also some Christians, where we simply use that phrase a bit too, um, you know, a bit too carelessly. You know, we don't, are we really being, um, you know, giving reverence to God when we say thank God? When we, when we, when we declare our thanks for him, just like the psalmists are here doing, when they're pouring out their heart and they're praising God, you know, these people that often use that phrase, they don't mean it. Okay, they're just using the words. You know, they're thanking God. Yes, God is control of the weather, and we should thank him if it's a good day, but we should be thanking him for, for every day. Right? You know, when, when we're giving thanks towards God, it's because we, we understand that he is who he is, and that he is in control of all things. Whereas most people, when they use this phrase, they're just throwing it around like any other word. Okay, they're you know, we have, to, we have to be careful that we don't do this ourselves because when we just start throwing around God's name, we're using it in vain. You know, isn't that, wasn't that one of the commandments, not to use his name in vain? You know, if we're, if we're going to be thanking God, we need to be genuine and sincere in our thanks for God. We should be, be thankful for something that we really ought to be thankful for, and we shouldn't just be throwing his name out there. You know, um, you know a lot of the time um, we can in situations where we are thankful for things. Um, and, you know, we should give God thanks first, um, but we need to be careful that we don't belittle God into a place where we're just um, using his name just like any other word in the dictionary. And we shouldn't be willing just to throw it around willy-nilly. You know, we shouldn't be just using it as another sentence in the vocabulary. Okay, We should, we should be more thoughtful um, about the thanks we're giving to God. Most people don't think this way, because they're not born again. They've never come to the knowledge that Jesus Christ died for them. Even the many, many people in this country who attend Mass every week in the Catholic Church, and who hear, you know, small portions of Scripture every week, um, you know, who go through a lot of religious routines, you know, who, you know, might pray a lot towards Mary every, every, every day and every morning, every evening, and I know my grandmother 
still does that. Um, but, you know, those people have never really come to the saving grace and the knowledge of the truth that Jesus died for them. So when because they, they haven't come to that knowledge, they don't really view God's name in the same way that we should be viewing his name. You know, when, we, when, when you acknowledge Jesus and God as not only your creator, but also your savior, you, you need to elevate his name above all other names, you know. Um, and when we elevate his name above all other names, you know, I think that inside ourselves we will be careful about how we approach God and how we use God's name. You know, we never want to belittle God's name. We want to give him the full glory and praise that he deserves. And, you know, Christians today, you know, we need to get back to thanking God sincerely. You know, I remember looking at the TV last week, um, you know, there was lots of programs on, um, you know, I suppose reminding us about what happened 15 years ago um, in New York um, when the Trade Center buildings were hit. Um, you know, there was lots of programs reminding people about, you know, that, that, that time of tragedy, that time of, you know, awfulness, um, you know, and I remember being in school when that happened. Um, I remember um, we were in school, and um, it, was a, it was a Tuesday, I believe, and, you know, we weren't scheduled to go home until later in the day. But um, needless to say, when, when, that, when that news started to break, um, of course, um, you know, the schools started sending people home. Um, you know, possibly some people had relatives in, in America. You know, possibly they had some relations. Who knows? Um, but it was, a, it was an event that struck the w- whole world so deeply that, um, you know, for, for a short duration um, afterwards, I think the whole world started to look back towards God again. Okay? Um, you know, when, when, you, when, you, when you, when I remember it clearly when it happened, as awful as it was, um, looking back on it now, if there was one good thing that came out of it, is that in that short period of time, I don't know how long, months, a year, I don't know, but for that short period of time, I think people did start to look upwards again. People started to feel the mortality a little bit more. People started to see that they weren't as, um, you know, immortal and all-powerful and all-knowing as they as they thought they were. Um, and for a time, Christians as well, um, but everybody, I think, started to be a bit more thankful towards God. Um, and isn't it a pity and a shame that it would take such an awful tragedy, an awful event, to make people, including Christians, to give thanks towards God again? You know, um, it's the one thing that always strikes me about that event. You know, not, it's, it's the thing that I remember the most. Not, not so much the actual tragedy itself, but the fact that it took that to get people looking back towards God again. You know, and I don't believe that it was coincidental. I don't believe that it was coincidental that this, that this event, this tragedy, took place in possibly the one land at that time that probably had the longest history of actually being faithful towards God for quite a number of years. Um, you know, if there, was, if there was anywhere in the world for the last century that was the shining light of the world bringing the gospel around, it was the United States. Europe certainly wasn't it. You know, Europe had the Roman Catholic Church marching forward. We had, you know, an ever-growing, you know, do-whatever-you-want and, you know, pagan rule coming, coming out and, you know, you know, 
introducing false liberties and having the freedom to live whatever you want. That's what Europe was bringing. Um, you know, the gospel was trying to be promoted from within the states. And I think when, you know, when people started getting their eyes off God, when America started, you know, um, looking at themselves as opposed to upwards towards God, just like, um, you know, time and time again, God had to remind the Jewish nation, the children of Israel, of just who he was and that he was in control and that he was the one that they should be thankful for. Um, I, believe, I honestly believe that was one of the reasons why that tragedy happened. Um, you know, um, God is in control of all things. All things work together for, for him um, that are called according to his purpose. You know, we know that all things work out together for good. But I can honestly believe that that was God trying to get the world's attention. That was God trying to get our focus back towards him. You know, God needs us to look towards him. God wants us to give him the praise and him the worship instead of worshiping ourselves, which is what the world has been doing for quite a number of years, and it's getting worse. Um, and unfortunately, when I look around now, that short period of time when people started looking back towards God, I think that started to shift again. I think that small little bit of revival that was in play, pe- taking place in people's hearts because of this tragedy and this, this disastrous event is starting to shift back around again. You know, I think people are starting to get their eyes back off God. You know, the recession is lifting. People are getting money again. People are starting to prosper again. And of course, when we prosper, we get our eyes off God. Okay, so I think Christians, especially Christians, we need to get back to looking on God, focusing on God, and thanking God. And I just want to quickly go through this psalm and pick out some of the examples here um, of just, you know, of how they were thankful, you know, how they, why they should have been thanking God. And I just want to go through six reasons why we have a lot to be thankful for. You know, I know that I have a lot to be thankful for, and I could make, there's probably, a, there's probably no end to the list of all the things that we could be thankful for. But I just wanted to focus in on just six, six reasons, six, six simple things, just from this psalm here, of why um, we have a lot to be thankful for. And the first um, reason that we should be thankful for towards God is um, that he hears and answers our prayers. That he hears and answers our prayers. Look at verse 4. Verse 4 said, They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. So you can see here that when the people were, were you know, physically hungry, physically thirsty, but more importantly, spiritually hungry and spiritually thirsty, so much that their soul was fainting in them, that when they cried out to the Lord, when they prayed to him, when they brought their supplications toward, toward God, that he heard them and that he delivered them out of their distresses. He delivered them out of the things that were causing their soul to faint. You see, you know, if, 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 there's, if, if, if giving praise and worship is one of the main aspects that we see from the book of Psalms, the other one that we can clearly see, just from David's writings alone, is that God hears his children. God hears the prayers. Time and time again, when David was not living the life of the king in the palace and the throne, but instead living the life of the, of, of the chaste um, and the hunted um, prey in the, in, in the caves, um, even when his own children were hunting him, it was God that he was crying out for. When he was humble and abased and brought low, it was God that David was lifting his prayers towards, lifting his cries towards. And we see that 
time and time again from David in the book of Psalms that he was praying and crying out to God both during the good times, thanking him, but also during the bad times and the troubles and the dangers in his life. He kept going towards God. He kept bringing his needs and his, his, his um, desires towards God. And time and time again, God answered him. It was in his will. If it was something that would benefit David's spiritual life, if it was something that would benefit David in his walk towards God and his relationship towards God, God granted those prayers. And we're going to be looking, as Andrew said, and we're going to be focusing the whole month of October on prayer. We're going to be bringing some things towards God, bringing some difficult things in our life, maybe. You know, the Bible tells us there's nothing impossible with God, but of course there's a big difference between reading it and actually truly believing it. You know, and there is some problems that might pop into our lives that we really do view in our small earthly minds as impossible. We just can't see a way out. But you know, that's when we need to bring things to God the most, is when we don't see that way out. You know, it's it's possibly it definitely is the very reason why we're put in that situation in the first place. God brings us to those impossible situations so that only Him can provide a solution. If we could fix it ourselves, or if someone else could fix it for us, then why would God be needed? Right? Why would we need to go to Him if we could do it ourselves? You know, and there's plenty of things that we can do ourselves. There'll be loads of things that we can't. And it's for those things that we need to go towards God. We need to bring our, our requests, that, uh, our, our needs, our desires, our, you know, um, we just need to bring and offload our heavy burdens towards God, just like David did. And you know we, you know we're going to be ta- we're going to be talking and and re- remembering some of the things that we prayed about in 2011 and some of the things that we did see answered the prayer. Some of those things mightn't be answered yet. You know, notice I said the word yet. And um, see, just because we're still waiting doesn't mean that God's not working on it. You know, sometimes we get this you know very instant type of attitude. Right? We expect things now. All right? You know, it's like children. We want them now, now. You know, that's all I hear from my children is now. You know, but we're like that as well. You know, you know, just just look at the um, one of the biggest photography applications to hit the world in the last five years was a thing called Instagram. Why? So that we can upload pictures instantly. Because people weren't happy with the waiting time that we used to have to wait for handing our pictures into the into the developers and waiting a few weeks to get the images back in print form. Now we can just snap it on our phone and upload straight to the internet and happy days. It's instant. You know, we want our money into the banks instantly. We don't want to have to take the paycheck and go to the bank and get the money anymore. We just want the money to come to us in our account. Right there, ready for our usage. See, we've become very selfish. We've become very, you know, need-focused. We've become very impatient. I'm, I'm convinced that the world doesn't know what the word patience is anymore. Okay? And I think it takes God allowing us to get sick, God allowing us to go through some tough times, whether it be loss of jobs or um, loss of loved ones or even tragedies like 9-11, I think it really does take these disasters for God to get through our heads, that we need him and we need to bring our needs towards him. Because if, if, it, if it's something that we're honestly viewing as something that we can't solve ourselves and that we can't fix ourselves, then that is the exact time that we need to go towards God. We need to bring our problems to him. We need to bring our requests to him. And we're going to be, you know, during next month, we're going to be looking at um, and waiting and asking God to um, deal with some of these new things in our lives, however difficult they might be. 
it could be, it might seem easy to someone else, but, but in your life it could be very difficult. And you know, each, each of us have our own lives, we have our own problems, our own struggles, our own um, paths that God has put us on, our own plans. God has a will for each and every one of us. You know, but one thing is for sure, that if it's God's will, he will take care of it in his time. You know, he makes all things beautiful in his time. We just need to be willing to bring it to him. We need to be willing to um, wait on him. And then we need to be willing to accept whatever he gives us. Right? He mightn't give us what we want. You know, that happened to David. Okay, so some things David was asking for, and if it wasn't in God's will for David's life, then he wasn't going to get it. And that's, that's a good thing. It's a good thing that God doesn't give us everything we want. Um, but we need to be super thankful that we can just go to him, that we can go before his throne of grace, and actually just bring our request towards him. You know, if God be for us, who can be against us? You know, um, there's, there's people out there looking for solutions to problems every day. And we've got the ultimate solution. You know, we can bring our small, tiny problems, and they are tiny, to the creator of the universe. He created the universe with speech. And if he can create the universe just by simply speaking, then I'm sure he can solve our problems. As difficult as they might seem. You know, we, we look at things with small earthly eyes, God is outside this. You know, God is aware of the problems that have popped into our lives. We need to be aware that he is aware and that we just need to be willing to give it to him, to give our burdens up to him, and wait, wait for him. So he answers our prayers. He hears and answers our prayers. The second reason that we need to be thankful and to give thanks towards God, to praise him, is that he leads and guides us. He leads and guides us. Look there in verse 7. Verse 7. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. So you can see when these people were hungry and thirsty and their soul had fainted and they cried out towards God and God had delivered them, he didn't just leave them there. He actually then began to guide them and to lead them in the, the right way. Okay, there are several ways available for us to go down, but not every way is correct. All right, there is the right way, um, God's way, and then there's all the other ways. Okay, um, there is a way that seems right unto a man. We need to be careful that we are um, allowing and enabling God to lead us and guide us in His way. Okay, He's He's like the perfect GPS system; He never gets it wrong. Okay, um, you know GPS systems are pretty good these days, but if you don't if you don't update the maps, and if your maps are somewhat out of date. You might find yourself going on some new roads where they've made some changes. That roundabout that your that your GPS is showing you might not exist anymore. Um, the road that was a a two-way street might now be one way. Okay, but God, He's always aware. He's always aware of the right way. Okay, so He's leading and guiding these people, and He leads and guides us. The difficult thing is that we need to be willing to let Him guide us. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes, actually, a lot of the time when um, Caroline is refusing to go the way that I want her to go, I often have to drag her, okay? God did not drag us, all right? Sometimes it would be better if he did, um, but he doesn't. He's given us the free will because he wants us to follow him, okay? Jesus could have went to all the apostles, he could have went to Peter and Matthew and dragged them and said, Come here, I've got some work for you to do. Drop, drop the fishing nets. 
but he simply said, follow me. He simply said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Just follow me. So you can see that Jesus and God does not force, forcefully um, drag us along. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to go with him, but the choice is still ours. Okay, so God is going to provide us the perfect map throughout our life, just like the GPS system, but we still have to choose to follow it, right? If the GPS system tells us, go down this way, we still have the decision, the free will, to go the other way. Most of the time, that's the wrong way. You should stick to the GPS system, all right? And when it comes to God, we need to stick with him, but we need to allow him to guide us and to lead us in our lives, um, you know, he'll, he'll offer, he'll extend his hand, but we need to actually go out and hold his hand and let, let him bring us. He's not going to drag us. So God leads and guides us. The third reason that we have a lot to be thankful for is because he made us free. He made us free. Look there in verse 9. Verse 9. For he satisfied the longing soul and filled the hungry soul with goodness such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. So you can see here that that these people, they they were, they 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 were they were they were shackled, they were they were chained, okay? They were they were in prisons, and spiritually speaking, you know, we were in prisons. We were in the shackles and bondage of sin. You know, we had no other, um, we had no other way. You know, sin had its grip on us, and we just kept blindly following it and following it and following it, and we couldn't be free as much as we tried to free ourselves. You know, we were not like the great Houdini. We couldn't get out of these shackles on our own. These were these were tied, and there was no key. You know, we could not wriggle our way out of these shackles. As hard as we might have tried to push against it and fight against it, and there was times that we probably really wanted to get out of those shackles, but we still couldn't, because Jesus was the only key. You know, God was the only one that could bring us out of that bondage, that could bring us out of that that time of affliction. You know, those times in our life before we were born again, I know certainly in my life, um, that, you know, there was those times when it was hard. There was times when, you know, it seemed like there was a lot of tough work with very little results. Okay, there was, there was a lot of toiling and strife. Um, but since God came in, and since God um, freed me, now some of that tough work, and it still can be tough. The life doesn't get Christian. Christian life isn't easy. You know, life life isn't easy. But at least some of that tough work now, when God is with us and working with, alongside us, some of that tough work starts to bring some results. Now we actually start to see some fruit for labor because the labor we're doing is the labor that God wants us to do. You see, God stepped into our life and He freed us from those shackles. He set us free. You know. Um, you know, I, I went up to Dublin last week just 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 um, for a few hours up and up and down journey because um, I was going to see a, a photography event. And um, you know, every time I get off the train in Dublin, it reminds me of just how much I don't like Dublin. 
I don't like being up there. Um, and one of the reasons I don't like Dublin is when you go up there, it is like you're moving to a different country in a, in a certain sense. Um, Dublin has a lot of things that thankfully we don't have down here in abundance. Um, you know, you walk down O'Connell Street in Dublin on a certain night and you will see um, what Dublin has to offer. You know, there's a lot of people strung up in drugs in Dublin. O'Connell Street is like a gathering of these people, whether it's whether they're homeless, um, you know, people going through hard times or people that have put themselves through hard times by being too fond of the drink and being addicted to drink or being addicted to drugs. These people are there. And, you know, thankfully we don't have we don't see it as much down here. Okay, it's it's in much bigger numbers up there. But these people are in shackles. These people are in bondage. These people are are drowning and they're constantly trying to swim to the top, but never quite able to get there. You know, and I know there's some people in this room um, that that at different points in your life, you would have felt the same way. You would have felt like you were in a swimming pool and you were always looking up. But no matter how hard you swam, you could never quite make the top. And it's because you're swimming on your own. You know, we were swimming in our own strength trying to save ourselves. Isn't that why God had to come and do it for us so we can do it? You know, and when any of the guys going to RU, you, um, you know, you're, you know, you're dealing with people that are struggling to get out of this swimming pool. They're, 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 they're struggling in the pool of sin and in shackles. And these people, what they need is God to step in and free them from those shackles. It's like taking the weights off you. And when those weights were removed, all of a sudden now that, that effort to try to swim towards the top, to try to swim towards the top, all of a sudden it starts to work. And you can get out of that. And you're free. And you don't need to put those weights back on. You don't need to put those shackles back on. You see, God made us free. But quite often, we reach for those weights. We reach for those things that weighed us down in the first place, right? And, you know, before, they were just they were just on us. We didn't have a choice, right? You know, through Adam's sin, we were born that way. But how, how often we Christians, ourselves, keep reaching out and putting those weights back on. Keep reaching out for those shackles that God had removed. You know, we need to... We need to put those things away. We need to leave them where they're, where they're, where God threw them. You know, when God freed us from those shackles, He threw those shackles away. They're not meant to be put back on. They're not meant to be reached for again. They serve no purpose. They don't add anything to our lives. They don't ever cause us problems. But yet we still reach out to them. We still willingly try to go after these shackles that God had freed us from. But we don't need to. Okay, you know, there's there's no one forcing us put them back on, and even Satan himself can't put them back on us. It is us that makes that choice. You know, and every day we need to make that choice to leave those things away. You know, the, the old man is dead. You know, we, we need to stay away from these things. And just like God had freed these people, and that they were made free, and that he broke their bands asunder, God did that for us. And we need to always remember that and be thankful that he took the shackles off. He freed us from those chains, that bondage that we were in, we don't need to go back to that anymore. Okay, you know, you are free. If you were born again, you're not being free. You're not being made free. You are free. The past tense, he made you free. Okay? And that's that's the good news. That's the good news that he made us free. So we need to be thankful for God for that, that he made us free. The fourth reason is that he saves even the foolish. He saves even the foolish. In verse 16 there, 
Look what the Bible says. It says, For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. So you can see that God even saves the foolish. And if there's one thing that I've learned is that I was a fool before I was born again. Okay, before, before I accepted Jesus into my life, I was going through life living things the way I saw fit, the way that I thought was best, the way that I um, wanted to. Okay, and, and you know, at times in my heart, I probably believed there was no God. And the Bible clearly says that if you don't believe, if you don't believe there's a God, you're a fool. No, I was a fool. And, um, you know, the, the more and more I study from this book and the more and more I learn from God, I spend time with God, the more and more I realize just how foolish I was. Okay? Um, you know, this book will, will, will reveal just the foolishness of this world. You know, the fool says there is no God. Um, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that perish. But God still saves fools. You know, um, aren't you thankful that God still comes after people that spent all their lives to run away from him, you know. Um, you know, Jonah was trying to get away from God, what God wanted him to do. Um, Jacob was trying to run away from God, um, and you know, each and every one of us was probably trying to run away from God too. If you if you examine yourself really carefully, you know, some of you might have grown up in a good home and from an early age you got right with God and praise God for that. But you're the minority. You know, I think the majority, especially the majority in this country. The thing that I was running to, um, you know, mostly came in a can or a bottle, and I'm not talking about Coca-Cola. Okay, um, it it was it was the lust of the flesh, the lust, you know, the lust, the lust of life, the um, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. They were the things that most people run after. They were the things I was running after because I was foolish. But thank God that He stepped in and He saved me from my own foolishness. You know how how terrible would it be if God left us? Our own devices and left us to our own foolish ways, right? You know how how terrible would that be? Um, you know, thank God that He was willing to put aside the offenses that we caused Him, the constant um, troubles that we, that we get ourselves into, um, the constant um, times that you know when we were unsaved that we brought His name through the mud or brought His Son's name through the mud, and you know. I did a lot of that. You know, this country, if there's one one thing that this country has, it's got a vocabulary which uses God's name way too often in all the wrong ways. Um, and I, I was one of them. It's just things that rolled off the tongue in a bad way. Um, but, you know, God looks, looked, all, looked past all that. God chose to forget that. You know, as far as from the east to the west, God pushed all that aside because it's love for us. You know, we need to be thankful for that. We need to be thankful that God even saves the foolish we, sh- you know, after after we're saved and we're learning from God's word here, you know, over time we should be doing less and less foolish things, and we should be becoming less and less of a fool, right? Um, but you know, thank God that even the people in your lives and the people in your families, as foolish as they might seem, there's still hope for them. You know, God still will save the foolish if they're just willing to come to Him and to accept Him. So we need to be very thankful for that. Fifthly, we need to be very thankful because he sent his word. 
he sent his word. In verse 20 there, the Bible says, that um, just in verse um, 20 it says, and he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And talking about Jesus here again, but talking about everyone, he sent his word. You know, and I'm thankful that we have the word and that we have the Bible to go through and this is our, our map, our compass in life. And we're thankful for the written word. But you know, I'm more thankful that he sent his word. Jesus was the word, the Bible says. He sent him. Isn't that what we were just thanking God for a few moments ago, that he sent him, he sent the word, so that he could heal our foolishness, so that he could deliver us from our destructions? Um, you know, he sent his word. You know, God actually physically stepped. He stepped out of heaven, humbled himself, was willing to become a baby, okay, you know, which are physically incapable of looking after themselves, physically incapable of having power, um, physically incapable of having strength, physically incapable of going about their own business at that age, and he was willing to humble himself and become like that, become a little baby and be born in a dirty manger, not, not fit for a king, you know, like we wouldn't want our children growing, you know, being born in that kind of environment. You know, we, you know, well, I would say we, but, you know, the government, through the HSC, spends a bit of money making sure that we don't have to do that. Okay, there's hospitals that we can go to and they're not cleaner than that, you know, barn was. Um, but yet he humbled himself anyway and he did that. You know, God was willing to do that because he loved us that much. You know, and we should be thankful that he sent, you know, he sent the word. And not just in written form here, but also that he sent himself. He sent that part of his trinity, the word, to come and to do um, God's will, to do a father's will to die and to save those that were lost. So we need to be thankful that God was, you know, um, willing to do this. It's not something that I think that we would be so willing to do, to leave our grand home in heaven, you know, to, um, to, to step down from that level of power and glory where the angels worshipping him, singing his praises all day, every day, all the time, you know, you know, is that you know? Sometimes I'm thinking, would I would I do that? But I really want to leave all that so I can grow up, you know, be born in a dirty manger, surrounded by animals, and you know, animal poop. Um, would I would I want to to go through life having to submit to my earthly parents and to to, to follow their rules of the house? Would I really want to do that when I created them? You know, I created them and I created the house that they're in. Um, I just don't see myself doing that. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't see my—I couldn't see myself giving one of my children to save someone else, no matter how much I love them. Right? You know, like I wouldn't give my children to my own parents. I mean, and that's just—that's just being honest about it. You know, and if you're honest about yourselves. You wouldn't do that either. But yet God did it. You know, God was willing to step down and, you know, send a part of Himself so that He could just do this very thing—that He could actually save us. From our, from our destruction, save us from our foolishness, save us from that path that we were going down. So we need to be thankful that God sent his word. And lastly, we need to be thankful that God is always in control. Look at verse 22 there. Verse 22, verse 22, the Bible says, And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works for rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these, these same people, see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. 
for he commanded and raised the storm wind which lifted up the waves thereof they mount up to heaven they go down again to the depths their soul is melted because of trouble they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits end then they cry unto the lord in their trouble and he bringeth them out of their distresses he maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still then they are they glad because they be quiet so he bringeth them unto their desired haven when i read this passage of scripture it reminds me of the apostles on the ship on the on the on the sea of galilee when jesus was asleep right you know, when a storm was raging about them the waves were crashing around them and these were hardened fishermen okay these were these were people that knew water okay they weren't you know they weren't like me <laughs> not so fond of being on water and especially in those conditions um, but these were hardened fishermen and it must have been pretty stormy for these guys to be worried and yet jesus was asleep and then, you know, they, they, they ran, you know, I, I can just see them running around the ship and trying to get water out of the ship as it was coming on. And for every bucket they probably threw out, another 50 liters came in. You know, they were really fighting an uphill battle here. Um, they needn't have worried. You know, Jesus was asleep. Jesus wasn't going to die. Okay, you know, Jesus had a job to do. Um, but yet they were worrying. And just like this, just like this, these people here in, in, that the Psalms is talking about going to and fro and staggering around like a drunken man and at their wits end not knowing what to do when they cried out for God you know God God solved the problem God calmed that storm God solved the storms in their lives um, and it's because God is always in control that storm did not occur without God knowing okay those waves weren't flapping in the sea of Galilee without God knowing just like problems in our lives don't pop long without God knowing in fact, God was probably the one that instigated those problems in the first place. You know, as much as we don't like to acknowledge that, they are from Him. Trials and tribulations are from God. They were from God in Job's life. They were from God in Noah's life, Moses. Right through the Bible, all these tough times were from God. God allowed these things to happen. God allowed the people of Israel to get taken away into bondage in Egypt. God allowed the people of Israel to get taken into Babylon. He could have stopped that at any moment of time, but he didn't, because he was using it for his purpose, for their learning, and to show them and teach them a few things about who they should really be investing their time in and who, should they be, who they should be worshiping. But you see, God allowed these trials and troubles to happen. Problems don't just happen without God knowing. You know, we need to get that into our heads. And that's why if we can, if we can acknowledge the fact that whatever difficult situation we might be going through is of God, then clearly there can be no impossible situation because he's the one that put it in place. And if he's the one that created the problem, he's the one that has the solution. All right? And that's, that's why we're going to be focusing next month on, on, on prayers, bringing our problems to him. He's the one that caused them. He's the one that created them for our learning so that we could be just like silver and gold. We could be early furnished and, and protected and made better through the, the fiery furnace. And that's the same with the problems that God brings into our lives. These challenging situations, these tough times, these are the times that God uses to get rid of some of the stuff in our lives that we don't need. These are the times that God uses to, you know, to um, mold us, to shape us into the people that he wants us to be. You know, God can have great plans for some of us here. You know, who knows what effect some people in this room might have on other people or lots of people we don't know. Um, but, you know, God is using those trials and tribulations to mold and shape people in this room. 
where they do those great things for him. Even people in the Sunday room, you know, they, they might be going through problems right now, but they will come, they will happen. Those problems, we sh- you know, we, we shouldn't be so frightened and scared and worried about the problems that come along. We should be looking at them as opportunities to give thanks for what God. Because if there's problems coming along, we know that God's at the throne, right? And we know that God brought him in, brought, brought him into our lives. We could be lost in going about our daily lives and having no problems come because God's not working on us to make us fit for his plans. We need to be really thankful for the problems that come into our lives. As difficult as they might be, they are of God, and God is always in control. So let's just pray and thank God finally.